Hey everybody and welcome to episode 121 of the Revive Yourself podcast. Here we go. Are you sick and tired of being sick and tired? Have you got a health issue that just won't go away no matter what you try? Then welcome to the Revive Yourself podcast, where we reveal the secrets to long-lasting health by getting to the root cause of problems that no one else is talking about. So you can have more energy, clear skin, healthier hair, a leaner physique, more confidence, and most importantly, do the things you love and live the life you deserve. Here's your host, Ryan Martin. So guys and girls, welcome back to the show, episode 121. And we're, we're getting on now, aren't we? 121. Awesome. Um, so I had some great feedback on last week's episode with Jane Bennett um, regarding uh, well, the, yeah, the conversation we had all, of, all about the pill, which is brilliant. And um, we'll be getting her on again, talking about the, uh, the menstrual revolution, which is great. So I'm glad that helped you out. And today we've got a fantastic episode. You know, it was a really really fun episode with a really lovely person, uh, Stevie Wright, which I'll get into in a bit. Um, as always, guys, the episode is sponsored by www.reviveyourself.co, our website there where we've got our shop, sending you all the greatest supplements in the world. You know, one I recommend if you're looking for a broad spectrum supplement is the products from Living Fuel, um, the greens or the berry powder is the best product all-round products on the market bar none in my opinion i've also got our uh, water filtration systems from aquatair if you've got a one two three or four bedroom house um hard or soft water they're going to be fantastic for you taking out 99 percent of all nasties chemicals parasites protozoa etc uh, and we've got the aries tech electronic um magnetic frequency blocking devices there also, if you're heading over to blueblocks.com, you can get 10% off their blue blocking glasses, the best in the business, in my opinion. Um, if you put in the code REVIVE, 10% off there. And if you head on over to www.essentialoilwizardry.com, you can get 10% off the best essential oils in the world from Dr. Nick Berry if you put the code in REVIVE in small letters there. Um, but yeah, today's episode is with Stevie Wright from stevierwright.com. Co. and she is a self-love coach um self-love coach um former singer well not a former singer sorry she still is a singer but for, former professional singer i should say um and yeah it's a great conversation we go deep into to her issues um around why she got into coaching um we go into why she actually she was a health coach and she actually changed into a self-love coach why that was um different issues around why people have self-loathing and her story and her her issues and we actually get deep into a, a fantastic conversation where you know she she actually uh, talks about her or well she becomes very vulnerable which is something that she said she struggled with um, even recently so you know it's one of my favorite conversations that I've had in a while and uh, she's she's awesome I'm definitely be trying to get her back on on the show um, yeah, absolutely fantastic conversation. So without further ado, here's Stevie. Enjoy, and I'll see you on the other side. Yeah, anyway, like it's uh, good to finally get you on. How's things? I know, I know. We've been trying to, <laughs> you've been trying to get me to do this forever. I'm so sorry that I've been 
like all over the place and finally here and I'm really excited. No, that's all right. No, it's good. I just, I think I could come across a couple of years ago and uh, from one of a couple of the ladies that had me on their show and they were like, oh, have you, have you um, seen this, this girl lady called uh, Stevie, uh, Stevie Wright? Uh, and I was like, I don't know, I come across. And I think I followed you on Instagram and I was just, just followed you just into like the health, health industry. It's just like um, always good to meet or to see other people doing that, spreading the same sort of message and like helping people out. So it's would be good to get you on as well, because, you know, you in particular uh, seem to deal with mainly women. Is that correct? That's correct. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. So I want to get into that because, you know, I, I have a mixture of men, women on the show and this is this but it's good to um, and actually to be honest I say most of my clients I say 65% are women because women in general <clears throat> will uh, will ask for help long before a man will so um, oh my gosh totally yeah <laughs> so like, it's it's uh, good to have you on um, just for everyone out, out there Stevie just um, a little bit about I mean just a little bit about your story because I know you've moved into a different sort of line of coaching uh, in the last six months a year but just a little bit about about you and sort of about how you got into the industry would be great. Yeah, absolutely. So I started coaching about three and a half years ago. And excuse my voice, I'm a little under the weather. weather. But um, so I started coaching about three and a half years ago and I started in health coaching and I was doing nutrition and I was doing meal plans and I was doing lifestyle and weight loss and things like that. And all my clients were women. And I enjoyed it. It was great. Uh, my clients were seeing results. However, what was happening, Ryan, was these women would come to me and we would start building up a really beautiful connection and they would start really trusting me and I would do these six-month programs with them. And, you know, by month two, they were telling me some really, really deep emotional uh, kind of wounding, I guess you could say. And you know, trauma and limiting beliefs and abandonment and all these different things that I, to be honest, did not know how to help them with, nor was I qualified. And so I kind of went through this aha moment about a year ago where I was like, wait a second, I don't want to help you lose weight anymore. Like I don't want to help you get abs and, you know, I, I could give you all the kale salad recipes in the world and that is not going to heal your heart. And that's not going to give you a sustainable transformation. And all of my girls were dealing with the same thing. They were struggling with anxiety. They were feeling unworthy. They were feeling like they weren't good enough and they didn't deserve success. They didn't deserve their dreams. And all of these kinds of underlying issues it, it came up in the food, right? So that's why they were struggling with binging or that's why they, they were struggling with their weight or with emotional eating or, and things like that. But the food was a symptom. It was not the problem. Food was absolutely not the problem. It was just the symptom. It was the byproduct of the underlying issues of not feeling good enough and the emotional trauma and things like this. And so I was like, wait a second, I really need to go deeper here. There's something more that I can help people with. I can be such a more effective coach if I go way deeper. And so I had to bite the bullet and swallow my ego. And I had to get a full-time job, um, because I was like, I do not want to health coach anymore. So I had to get a full-time job. Um, and I found a program that would certify me as more of a self-love coach. 
um, where I'm doing really deep healing work um, so that I can facilitate a really transformative experience for someone not talking about food at all. And what's funny is that a lot of the women who come to me are looking to lose weight. They are looking to heal the relationship with food. They're looking to heal the relationship with their body and, and feel good in their skin. But you know, it's kind of like they're in for a real treat because we're going so much deeper into that, into the deeper layers as to, you know, what, are the, what do you believe to be true about yourself? What are the stories you've been perpetuating for 20, 30 years? You know, how can we really heal that so that the food heals itself? Um, yeah. So now I'm really doing self-love coaching and I, I mean, most of the women who come to me are, are really struggling with anxiety. So, um, that's, that's kind of my specialty now. No, it's it's really interesting because it's like on on my programs as well. We don't. Just, it, I mean, the mental and emotional side of things is so huge, and we concentrate on on that too. And just like a lot of people got so much going on in their mind. I mean, in this world today of like instant success or a perceived instant success, perceived everyone looking as gorgeous, you know, people not being enough. It's a really huge part to like quiet the mind and to ask people, is that actually true? I mean, you talk about self love coach. Interesting though, of course, was it. Any, like, follow the work of Byron Katie? Anything like that? You know, I do follow the work of Byron Katie. I've been wanting to w go to one of her live events, but uh, I don't know a ton about her. All right, yeah. No, she's got, like, the work, which is basically, it's about working on yourself and, and realising, like, a lot of these issues, a lot of the things that we turn ourselves like, is it true? Or is it, like, our ego just trying to defend us or make a situation out of stuff? And so when you said, like, a self-love coach and what you go into, it's really interesting. So, like, what was what was, what was the course you did out of curiosity? Yeah, it's uh, it's called Hungry for Happiness. It's led by Samantha Scali. It's a 10-month, 400-hour intensive, and it is – oh, man, I just – there's nothing like it on the market, Ryan. It was completely life-changing. It was – so transformative and so healing for me and my coach, uh, Sam, I, you know, I tell her this all the time because we still work together, but the healing that I got for myself, the healing that I got in my own heart, my own body image, my own, like how, how deep I went into my own self-love like that, I would pay for that 10 times more. Like the, the, the cherry on top is that I get to coach people doing the same thing and I get to embody this work. But you know, the coaching and the, the, the tools and the strategies that I learned aside, like I feel so confident in what I do and what I offer as a coach, but that aside, the healing that I got for myself is priceless. And I think that is what makes a really good coach is someone who doesn't just put their coach hat on and then take their coach hat off at the end of the day, but really someone who embodies the work and does it on themselves first. Cause I, I truly believe that I can only take someone as far as I've gone myself. And if I haven't gone that far and I haven't dug deep into my own layers, then how can I ask my clients to do that? So, and that, and that is what the program asked of me. And so it was just a really, really transformative year. Yeah. A hundred, I mean, hundred percent, you can only lead someone as far as you're going yourself. Otherwise it just becomes a blind leading the blind. Right. And yeah. just, you're just gambling and going up the hill. You're just like, unless you've gone through it. That's why everyone like, uh, yeah, everyone, who are talked to look, most of the people that are getting to say it quite a lot are people who scratch their own itch you know and this is why a lot of doctors and even psychiatrists and like people in that conventional world you know a lot of them are talking heads they just they haven't been through anything themselves or they haven't worked on themselves so it's quite hard like they, they're great at certain things but when it comes to like for example 
you know, you can get a gastroenterologist, you know, talking about gut issues. They never have one themselves. They don't know what it's like to live with one. And I think it's a really big issue. So saying, saying you've done the work on yourself first, I think that speaks of like a lot of integrity. And I just want to go back then because that's interesting. You said you've done a lot of work on yourself. So, like, growing up, like, what, I mean, like, what were the issues you had to come over yourself? Did you have a good childhood? Like, where did you grow up? I grew up in a tiny little town uh, in California, in Southern California. Right. Um, and, you know, it's so funny. You think of California and you think of beaches and palm trees and all that kind of stuff. But I actually grew up in a tiny little desert town. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, What's it called? And it's called Phelan, P-H-E-L-A-N. And, uh, yeah, it's about an hour 40 from L.A. I'm in L.A. now, but that's where I grew up. And it was... It was, I mean, I had a great childhood. Um, I don't know if you know this about me, but I'm a professional singer. Oh, yeah, I, 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 I want to go into that as well. It's awesome. Yeah. Sure, sure. <laughs> so I sing, I've been singing since I was a little girl, but I've been singing professionally for about 10 years. And I still do so on the side because I love it. And it's, you know, one of my passions. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, there was a big message for me as a kid that my, and maybe not in so many words, but in actions for sure, or I guess just in like the, the energy that my, my worth was tied up in my achievements. And I'm sure a lot of your listeners can relate to this where my, your worth is how you receive, you know, let me go back for a second. Cause I think a lot of times my clients will, will come to me and we'll talk and we'll, we'll start going into a program and they'll say, but I had a really great childhood, you know, like nothing horrible happened or no, nothing traumatic happened that I can remember or think of. That's great. This is not about looking for something that is not there. But what I do ask people is, uh, you know, how did you receive love from your parents? How did you receive praise from your parents? Because how you receive love and praise from your parents as a child or your caregivers, that's probably the way you're still looking to receive love as an adult. So for me, I, I received praise by performing. You know, I was a singer. My parents were so proud of me and they, they loved me singing. And so I was kind of put on display for family and friends and things like that. And performing was how I received love. And so um, I'm, as a little girl, I metabolized that as, oh, if I make a scene, if I perform, if I'm over the top, then I'll get love and attention and I'll get, you know, a round of applause. And so as an adult, something that I really had to work out was knowing that like, oh my goodness, one of the ways I really receive love is performing it, it not, and not just like actually performing on stage, which I still do, but, but, but putting on a facade, putting on a facade of that, like everything's okay. Um, nothing's wrong. Um, you know, I can't show my real parts, like the, the, the real me isn't lovable, that kind of thing. And so I had to undo that story and untangle that story and that wound that I don't have to perform. I don't have to prove myself anymore. I don't have to prove myself and my worth in order to receive love. Um, so that was one thing that I, that I've kind of been working on for the past several years. Another is I just have a big unworthiness wound. Um, I went through some abandonment as a child. And so really understanding that my, my, it had nothing to do with me. It's not personal. And my worth is innate. It's God given. It was given to me the moment I was born that I don't have to work for it or that I don't have to worry about people leaving me. I don't have to manipulate and control so that I make sure that nobody leaves me. 
So, you know, unworthiness um, and going back to the achieving thing, also the achievement. And what I was saying about how I'm sure a lot of your listeners can relate to is you receive love through achievements, through like good grades or through winning at sports or through winning the awards. You know, if winning is and achieving is your way that you receive love, then as an adult, you'll still hustle and you'll grind and you'll achieve to like win that love and to, and to receive that love, which, you know, as an adult, we don't, we don't need to do that anymore. Um, we don't have to prove ourselves anymore. So that's, that's something that I've been working on in my own life and that I work on with my clients as well. Yeah, I think that that's huge. I mean, for for me, I know like from my perspective, my I've always had a great like childhood, had brilliant things. But obviously, like your parents, so your parents they and they they've got say they always say that no one can fuck you up like your parents, right? Or like, they can put <laughs> certain things into you. But so like, my mum would generally, I mean, it's a weird one. She'd generally give me love, whatever. Um, but obviously, there were certain things. She had certain cues as well. But with my dad, I always felt like if I wasn't performing at sport then like his disappointment was mm-hmm. like heartbreaking do you know what i mean uh, oh, of course even to the point if, if you sit so even today when i'm playing with like my my my, my mates and also and if we come in and uh we've won and i tell him he's like ecstatic and if we've, if we've lost he just he'll make a little comment and it, and i'm 33 years old and it still fucking winds me up so in chronic and i'm like why 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 like it's like you're you're, you're i'm only good enough for you when i win sort of thing you know um, right. and I think that's a huge one, right? That like for a lot of people, um, whether it be grades or being pretty enough or whatever, um, male or female, I reckon that's something that definitely people can de- definitely get into. Um, and especially like, so you said you had some, you had some abandonment issues. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you mind going into them? No, that's okay. Yeah. So, um, my, my biological father and my mom got a divorce when I was, um, three. Yeah, three. But it was very abrupt and it was very traumatic and very, um, oh, let's see. It was just very, you know, it was like one of those things where when my dad is there. Do you remember it? I do. Yeah. It's like oh, one day what dad, dad is there and one day, and then the next day he's not. Hmm. Um, and so, and I didn't see him for many, many, many years. Um, and what, which is actually crazy, crazy, crazy is I hadn't seen him since I was five. And I just reconnected with him this year about three months ago. Really? So, yes. So it's been a really, it's been a really beautiful healing year, not just for that. I mean, so many things have happened this year, but it's, that was such a healing experience. Um, and I think something that helped me in my journey of healing is to realize that my parents, like our parents do the best they, they can with the tools that they have. And sometimes like they just don't have that many tools. Mm. And I do a lot of inner child work. I'm not sure if you've, um, if you've dug into that, but I do a lot of inner child work with my clients and I do a lot of inner child work with, work with myself where I'm connecting to my own inner little girl who is still like that three-year-old girl who's, you know, whose dad, whose daddy just left and who is heartbroken and who, who, you know, the rug just got um, pulled out from under her and I meet that little girl's needs. So when she's feeling scared, when she's feeling unsafe, when she's feeling like she's not getting attention or when she's feeling like she's not getting love, I be my own mother. I be my own father. And I 
cultivate that, that, uh, internal feminine and masculine in myself. And I, I'm there for my inner child. I'm there for her. And that has been so, so healing, um, for, you know, on my journey to, to kind of come into personal development and, and that kind of thing. So, yeah, I mean, so yeah, all that to say, yes, that, (laughs) that happened. And, um, I got to really, really, I guess, meet him again for the second time and it was beautiful. And I can see him, I can see him and his inner child and I can see my mom and her inner child. And it makes me have so much compassion for them and release like any anger or non-forgiveness that I, that I was holding against them. Um, it just, it makes it so much easier to have compassion when you see like their own fears and their own wounding and how they brought that into parenthood. It makes it so much easier to, to, uh, to have compassion. Mm. It's a, there's a few things I mean, you said there that are really interesting. You know, this is like, one of the things is you said they didn't have the tools and, you know, like we are at a sort of time now where the, you know, there's more therapists and health coaches and, and nutritionists, etc., more than ever. You know, although we're fat and sicker than ever, but like, there's more people who actually understand more like self development. I mean, not everyone does, but there's more of us that are into it. You know, and so it's more available. And and even like learning about yourself, you know, it's it's something that probably wasn't really talked about back then um, as much. No. Um, and so, like, that is so so true. Like, and you think because you're looking at it from your point of view, why didn't my dad want me, for example? But like when you're in his shoes and you're like, sometimes you wonder, I mean, all the research shows that children who have a mum and a dad who are together, obviously they just generalizing here, not individually, because stats don't mean anything to the individual, but generalizing, they like better in school, generally have better relationships because, you know, it, humans are the great imitators. You know, you mm-hmm. can tell, you can tell a child to eat healthy, but if you're sitting there eating McDonald's, he's going to do exactly the same. So like we generally see, see, you know, monkey see, monkey do. Whereas... Yeah. Whereas with like with with that, it's quite a powerful powerful thing. And so when you, re- so how old are you now, Stevie? I'm twenty seven. Twenty seven. So twenty four years of not seeing him. You said no, no wait, yeah, three. So twenty four years of not seeing him. Well, twenty three. Was there like, who who got in touch with who? Was there any resentment there? Like, or did you just did you come from a complete place of just wanting to find out what happened? I mean, just interesting. You know, yeah, it was oh, man. It was so beautiful, Ryan. It was. I had done so much healing work up until this point and it was so, so divinely timed and it was so out of the blue. And what happened was, is basically I was going to Sedona for a women's retreat that I was attending and I was so excited about it. And, um, I know, I knew that like I had heard from my, from family members that my father and his wife lived in Arizona. And so I, you know, I had thought about reaching out to him for years and I never had the balls to do it. Mm. So here I am going to Sedona in a week and I literally just found myself and his, his wife had reached out to me a couple of times over the years on Facebook. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. So I just found myself, it was like, I was like, God was just leading my fingers because I found myself on Facebook. And the next thing I know, I'm typing a message to her. And I said, I'm going to be in Sedona next week. Is there any chance that you guys would want to meet, <laughs> want to uh, meet that's up? Awesome. And I sent it and I was like, Oh shit, what have I done? And then <laughs> five minutes later, she's like, 
Yes. Oh my God. We can't, we were so, we cannot believe we've been waiting for this. Yes, yes, yes. And so I had, I had done so much healing in the past several years coming up into this point. And I think my body just knew that it was time. Like my, I, I believe that our bodies hold the wisdom and my body knew that it was time. And I, I saw him and it was so beautiful and so many tears. And it was like, we had never missed a beat. It was absolutely insane. And there was no resentment, no anger. I told him we went out to dinner and it was a very, like, I'm sure the waiter was like, what the hell is happening here? <laughs> but, um, cause we were just crying the whole time. But, uh, I told him that, I don't have any anger towards you. I don't have any resentment towards you. Um, you know, I don't need to know anything about why you did. And and he did, he ended up telling me a little bit about what, what had happened around that time in his life. But I said, it's okay. Um, I know you did the best you could and I'm not mad and we can just move forward. And that was coming from a place of true honesty, true alignment that I didn't have to harbor any, I didn't have to carry the weight of anger. I didn't have to carry the weight of, of resentment. And I could just move forward with this relationship with him. Are we going to be as close as my stepdad and I? No, we're not. My, I, my mom remarried when I was four. That was, that is the man who's raised me for, you know, 24 years and he's incredible. Like, are we going to be as close as he and I know, but that's okay. And our relationship can, can just be what it is. Um, but just having that, having him in my life and, and letting go of any stickiness was beautiful and healing for both of us because he thought that I hated him for 24 years and I didn't, I didn't. And so he, it was really huge for him as well. Mm. It's like, yeah, it's lovely, you know, almost maybe very emotional. I would say it was awesome, but he's mm. like, a, it's like from his perspective, you know, I mean, it's, it's the thing when you reach out, it's both of you, you know, you're, it's like, I was screaming, you said about being vulnerable and I want to get into that because you've got a book on your site, The Power of Vulnerability and we're going to go into that but uh, it's like you sitting there thinking, do I reach out to this guy that left, don't know if he wants me, don't know if he talks to me even though his wife says so, you don't know what he's going to be like after these years and he's probably thinking the same, like I really want to see her but yeah. I don't want to be like, well, I mean, you got to be, I suppose you've got to be the man in that situation, you just got to be like, you know, I left, I've got to sort of like lump it. If she says yes, yes, she says no, I was, at least I tried. But it is a hard one, right? And and when you meet him, like, like actually clicking with him and getting on, that's like a huge worry as well, you know? But, I mean, did, did, did your mum, I mean, is it, when, did your mum and dad split up? They just didn't get on? Was it just like a, just quite amicable? Yeah. Or was it quite nasty? Was it nasty? Was it a bit more like, uh, was it a bit more to it? I, it was pretty nasty. It was oh, pretty nasty. Okay. Um, and I don't, I don't remember a lot of their marriage cause I was so, um, I was so young, but so I, I mean, I'm, and I mostly grew up with my, with my stepdad. I don't really yeah, call yeah. him my stepdad. He's my dad, yeah. but I mostly grew up with, with him and my mom. So I don't remember a lot of their marriage. I remember that they, that they fought a lot. Um, and I remember things by what my mom has told me, but it's funny that I remember him leaving. Um, cause I think that was a pivotal moment in my life that kind of marked mm-hmm. my path and not the only thing, but one of the, one of the pivotal moments that really marked my path and m- my own, um, self-love issues and my own feelings of inadequacy and things like that, that I really, that I knew. And here's the thing. I, I don't know how woo-woo you are, Ryan, but I'm just going to say it because this is my truth, which is like, I truly, truly believe that our souls choose our parents. And I 
I, I believe that we choose each other for a purpose. I believe that it is there. Of course you have power of choice and, and everything like that, but I do a little bit believe in fate and destiny. And I believe that everything that has happened up until my life has, has been exactly the way it's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. It is everything has happened for me and not to me. And I, there was a lot of long time of my life where I really like to be in victim mode. I really like to play like the victim card and like, woe is me. And throughout my, like my healing process, I had to be like, at some point, like Stevie, get it together. At some point you have to take responsibility and not blame your circumstances and your past for how you show up as an adult, Mm -hmm. because I could, I could do that for the rest of my life. And I will have a mediocre slash shitty life (laughs) if I keep doing that. And I just have to take responsibility for how I show up. And for the longest time I showed up so small, I showed up, I gave away my power all the time. I, I was riddled with anxiety. I did not think I was good enough. I was, I felt so unworthy. I had to, I, I, uh, seeked out validation in men and like, you know, you can't just blame everything on your parents and how you were raised. It just, it doesn't work that way. And if you do, then you're going to stay stuck. I'm sorry. And I I tell my clients this all the time. (laughs) I tell them, you know, I'm going to be kicking the ass coach right now because as much as I want to nurture and love you, you need a kick in the ass because you're being a fucking victim. And well, Stevie, that's, that's going around massive these days. It's the whole victim mentality is just coming out, right? Yeah. Do you, not think, do you not think it's quite a big, I mean, and you're in California, oh, yeah. which, you're in California, which is like left-wing heaven, where it's just like, I just want to be a professional <laughs> victim. And it's just like, whoa, whoa, you said I don't know how woo-woo you are, Ryan. I'm pretty fucking out there. Like, I'm, I'm thought it's weird. I, it's weird. The thing with these, like, you don't want to get into politics, but it's like these ideologies that are going around, and it's like, you talk to one of these people, and you know what they're going to say about everything. I've, I've got my own opinions about stuff, and probably you have as well, but this is something that people need to understand. And sometimes, like, it's, it's like people trying to stop speech and all this stuff. It's like, uh, get a thicker skin and man the fuck up. Is that, it's about those words that I know it's like, what does man up mean? But I mean, it's in like, just as you said earlier, sometimes you've got to have kick in the arse or grow some balls, you know, because it's like, otherwise you keep on doing the same thing, get the same result. And as you just said there, which I thought was really, really powerful, you know, like you can keep on doing that and blaming everyone else and nothing changes. But, you know, one of the things, changing your environment and changing the way you think about things epigenetics not not just the microbiome but also you as an organism things start to change right yeah yeah things have to change and and all people and you know my clients will come to me and they say i'm so stuck and i'm like no you're not you're not stuck you're stuck because you say you're stuck you're not stuck this is a choice that you're Mm. staying in this place (laughs) so yeah i mean i think I think, you know, it's funny because I think personal development and healing is this really fine balance of being so nurturing and compassionate and loving to yourself. I think, you know, self-love takes, it it takes you being loving toward the self, right? Mm. But there's also this element of like, Jesus Christ, you got to you've got to stop playing small and you've got to stop being a victim. You have to stop. You have to stop giving your power away. Show up powerfully, show up in your, like, let yourself be seen, let yourself receive help. Um, you know, and I think, I think by staying, there's, there, by staying a victim for me, what it was like we, as humans, we, we run away from pain. Like we don't want to feel pain. So mm, that's a neurological even, thing as well, right? As well as the feeling yeah. thing. So like the brain doesn't want to experience pain. So we go, well, Stephen, from a man's point of view, a very, very simple one is, 
I see I see someone like you in a bar, I think you're really good looking, I go up to you and say, hey, can I buy you a drink? And you like look at me and laugh and for the rest of my life I'm too scared to ask a girl out, you know, because the brain goes, yeah. no thanks. But it's hard, right? It's one of those things yeah. you, you need to sometimes get through it. Yeah. And what I was going to say is like that we, we move away from pain. So if being a victim was all pain, we wouldn't do it. There's something in it that's benefiting you. That's something in it that's serving you. Mm-hmm. And so what's serving you, what was serving me really is being a victim allowed me to stay comfortable. Being a victim allowed me to stay in my comfort zone. It allowed me to stay small. It allowed me to not be seen. It allowed me to not take risks. It allowed me to not be vulnerable. So that was really like helpful, <laughs> you know, like, oh, when, no, yeah. I, you know what I mean? When you're like staying in your bullshit. It's really helpful to be comfortable. I put, so, I put, I want you to keep yeah. that thought. I put a post out the other day and it said, uh, I put some people don't want to be fixed because being broken gets some attention. Yeah. And I got lots of likes and I got lots of hate. I was like, bring on the hate <laughs> mail. I was, like, going, Take that down. It's offensive. No one wants to be broken. I was like, mm, they do. Yes. Yeah, exactly. They, they do. And I, I, you know, and th- that's, th- it's harsh, right? And it's harsh, but it's the truth. And the people who, are, you know, if you're listening right now and you're triggered and you're like, Oh, like just know that (laughs) my coach, my coach always says to me, if you spot it, you got it. Meaning if you spot something you don't like, then you got it in yourself. We're all, we're all reflections of each other. We're all each other's mirror. And so when I have a trigger and I'm like, Oh, I hate, I don't like that about her. I don't like that about him. That's that's something that I, I really don't like. It's a, it's a little ding, 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 an alarm for me to go, Oh boy. Well, shit. What, <laughs> what do I have in me that is the exact same thing? You know? Yeah. Do you know uh, Paul Check? Uh, no, I don't. You don't know Paul Check. It amazes oh, me. Oh it amazes like, me I'm that you don't sorry. know Paul Check. And you're in <laughs> California. He's like the health. Like, if you listen to like, he's like the health guru. He's, I would say, like the, yeah, the, um, what's the word? The godfather of natural health, and he's got a thing called like uh, the the Czech. He's got the Czech um, Institute, and he's he's he had a p- great podcast the other day with um, Josh from Wellness Force, and he was talking when you said about just your souls. He he's he does loads of plant medicine journeys, and he had one with his like his wife and his wife. Oh, I, I want you to go and listen to that episode. You'll be like his soul. His he had a child, uh, and he was talking about the. He said he said that his wife kept having having miscarriages, and he was saying, Angie, I don't know what's going on, but there's a soul out there that wants to be our child. So he went and did some deep work with some plant medicines, did some mushrooms, went into himself, and was like, he's speaking to this soul. He's like, why do you want to come here? It's a beautiful story, and then like. Trust me, when you say about woo-woo, it's, it's really interesting. Now, Paul Check, he's in California, he's in San Diego. Like, he's someone, oh, it's awesome you don't know who he is because you've got so much to listen to and you'll be loving him. He's I'm loving. So uh, what he says is, when you're tri- he goes, I'm, I'm glad when people are triggered. It just means I've put my finger right on your growth potential. Yeah. And I think that's yeah, a great exactly. way of saying it. Exactly. You know, I do plant medicine ceremonies, Ryan. I'm not surprised. <laughs> I'm not surprised, yeah. I'm not surprised because I, I, I want to get into I, I'm going because I've been looking, I'm going to head over to California and I've got a lady I've been recommended with. But there's another guy, like, because you, if I go, if I come over there, I'm going to probably try and stay for like six to eight weeks. And I'm going to try and interview all you guys face to face because I've got about 20 people that I love that are on that, on that West mm-hmm. Coast. And uh, do you know Troy Casey? 
Nope. He's another one. A lot of these Czech professionals, uh, they're sort of like a group because they're all into they're all into the similar stuff that we do, but they've just done a course where, whereas like when I studied, I went to America, I went to Thailand, I went to different places and learned all different stuff. Paul has put all this into one system. And so that when you learn his stuff, um, I, I'm not a Czech professional, but like same as you, you might as well be. The stuff you're into, it's like what they, and so when you meet these people, it's just like talking to, a brother or sister, you know, it's just like, uh, and Troy's in uh, Venice Beach, I think, this near Venice Beach. Um, have I got that right? Venice Beach, that's California, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think that's because I was, I was there last year and met him in the end of the day. It's like, it's like, there's loads of them up and down that coast. And I, I don't know if you've, you've probably not heard of the, of the podcast Mind Pump. Have you heard of them? I think I have actually. Yeah, those three guys, I mean, Sandy, they're really good. But like, it's, uh, it's, yeah, the plant medicines have sort of, of really, um, got big the last six months to a year i think maybe a bit more um when did you get into the last them? The, last, the last few years i think it's gotten really big yeah um, yeah yeah, you, I've, yeah. I've been into it i've been doing uh ceremonies for about two years now cool and what do you and do you yeah i'm guessing you use a, a certain one that we all that people people like to use ayahuasca mm-hmm yeah yeah <laughs> ayahuasca psilocybin um have you ever done dmt know, I haven't. My boyfriend has, and he's he really really loves it. Um, but even you know even MDMA, which is not considered plant medicine, is such a beautiful uh, such a beautiful kind of opening to that work, and really it's like so heart opening. But for me, plant medicine has been very 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 healing uh, in the sense that it kind of just it kind of lifts the veil is the best way I can describe it. It lifts the veil of where you can see only truth. Um, that's been my experience. But what's funny is that people I find, and I did the same thing, people who want to do plant medicine, who are looking to get into plant medicine, think it's like the, the end all be all fix. Mm. And it's absolutely not. No. It's a tool. It's a tool to dive deeper into yourself. It's a tool to uncover some layers that you didn't know existed. And it's absolutely helpful, but it's not like a fixer or upper. It's, it's no, sometimes... No. For me, it was really the gateway. It's like, oh my God, I do this. I did this once two years ago, and now I have this whole can of worms that I have to deal with now. Well, that that was yeah. one of the things that people say. Like, it's, it can be like going into a dream, smashing the mirror, and then when you come out, the mirror's still smashed. This is why, like, I've been before I do it, I'm going to be working with someone for like certain things because you got you got to respect these things, right? Otherwise, if you you go into it and it's just like. Some people, they once they wanted an escape or two, they they just throw shit at the wall, hoping some of it sticks. When you use it as part of a full on holistic approach, like you're doing and doing the work, it's a game changer. But just to go in there and do it, I think without knowing who you are and what you're actually trying to achieve, I think it can be quite like yeah, you say open up a big can of worms. And some people, if you don't know how to put those worms back in the in the can, then you've got you've got big problems. Yeah, and I, and you know, I don't think it's ever harmful. It's always it's it, it's it's very very helpful. I just I, I think I mean what uh, is that? It's it's I learned so much when after my first couple ceremonies that I had no idea existed about me. Where it was like now I've spent the last like again like couple years uh, healing the stuff that's come up from those ceremonies and, and mm. really just getting to know myself and really, um, diving deep into myself, into my, my own inner workings and my own inner dialogue <clears throat> and where the, that stuff has come from. So it's definitely like, I mean, it, people always 
I, I've heard this a million, a million times and I, I agree as well. It's kind of like five years of therapy in one night, which it is, it definitely is, but it doesn't mean that the work is done. Hmm. It's kind of like you do this and it, it opens up so much and now you have so much to play with and work with. Right. And so when, so you said you were, you 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 were worried about showing vulnerability and also you used to use men as, well, men were like your validation. Yeah. Um, and so was that something that came up with the medicines or is that something you knew already? Let's see here. I, I'm trying <laughs> I to think. Get, I'm so like... I want to get to the good stuff, Stevie. <laughs> I believe that that came up in a ceremony um, where I just realized, yeah, yeah. Where I realized that how much I look for validation, not just in men, but really anyone, Ryan, where I look for validation in others, like in anyone but myself, everyone knows better than me. Um, I have to prove my worth. I have to prove myself and, and show that I'm good enough. And I looked, I, I, instead of just knowing that I'm good and that I'm worthy and that I'm beautiful and loved and you know, all of that, I had to, I needed other people to tell me, you know, I needed other, I needed to, like confirmation. I didn't just know it in my bones. I needed confirmation, you know, and that's part of the performing thing and needing, like needing that validation and attention. So yeah, that came up in, that came up in a ceremony. Um, and I think I, I had a, I had a taste of that before because I was doing the work um, about it for a year before I found the ceremonies. So I had a taste of that, but I it kind of got blown the the, the top got blown off in in one of the ceremonies. Mm, yeah, it's interesting. I think I I've definitely got a bit of that in me, hundred percent. Having yeah. been been at sport and stuff, and sometimes even with like friendship groups, you know, like even though you know it's always good, being, but I suppose it's because it's like a thing in the brain, you know, you want, you want to be part of the tribe. You don't want to be extradited and you want people to, to like you and stuff. And you want that. We want, or you just want, it's funny because, well, then again, you get into this work and for five years, everyone called me a nutcase and now they were asking for my help. Um, yeah. <laughs> so like, it's fine, but it's interesting with, so when you did that, you know, when you, when you did that, um, and that opened it up, was you with your boyfriend then or not? Our first ceremony was together. Oh, really? Beautiful. Yes. Our very, each of our first ceremonies was together. Um, but that's and a, was that the first one you met? No. Right. No. We'd been together for three years before that. Right. So you've been to, right. So, okay. As I was just going to say, when that come up, when that sort of blown up, was that, did it change your dynamic at all? Yes, because it was, we were, <laughs> this is very vulnerable. This is, a, this is like, I really have to tell you, Ryan, you're a good host because this is the most vulnerable I've ever gotten on a podcast. We were on the verge of breaking up. And we were, and I said, and I had known about this community, um, that I do the ceremonies in for a while. And I just, you know, I had been asking about it for a long time and he was very against it. No, 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 no. And we were on the verge of breaking up. And I said, listen, I don't even fully know what this is, but I, something is telling me that it is going to be profound for us. Something is telling me that it is going to be so healing. Um, you know, can, can, can we, this is, I don't know what else to do. Can we please try this? And he finally agreed. And it was extraordinary. It was extraordinary. And did everything get, you know, was the light switch turned on? No. Was it like, did everything get fixed in one night? Of course not. But it gave us a reference point Mm -hmm. of what is possible, like how deeply we love each other and how, how all the bullshit and the jealousy and the blah, 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 blah. It doesn't matter. Like, all that stuff doesn't matter. Like this is, this is what matters, you know, I'm, and I'm 
when I say this, I'm talking about just him and him and I, mm. this is what matters. And it, so it, it gave us a reference point, a reference point. And now we do this work together, which is such a blessing. Um, and, and, and now, and now again, like it's been a couple of years. So we, he does his own work. I do my own ceremonies. We go back and forth. Sometimes it's together. Sometimes it's not. Um, but I think it's important to do individual and together, but yeah, my first one was with him and it was, it was incredible. No, that's awesome. I think it's huge. It's a point part of relationships that people don't do. They don't do things like this together. Like it's, and that, what you're saying, the ego is a huge thing. Sometimes people can be so deeply in love with each other. They just don't want to like give up their pride, the pride, or and it's like and then people can end up breaking up or just playing a game and it's like as you said before it doesn't matter it's all bullshit but it's mm-hmm. really hard to take that vow especially when you've been brought up in a world where that's all that matters you know um, being right it's something that Jordan you know do you know Jordan Peterson Mm-mm. Oh, you need to give me some people as well so I can we can go back and forth <laughs> Jordan Peterson yeah, yeah. No, an Excel, Excel, Excel sheet <laughs> and, uh, it's just like because you know when you're in this world you just learn, it's always learn, as you said as you said you need right. to beat your, your, your you don't take your coach out off at night you are it's just who you are right and it's just who I am and the same as you like I just listen to everything Jordan Peterson's a clinical psychologist and he's he's phenomenal and he's got sort of work and he talks about relationships and he says when you're in a relationship do you actually always want to be right he said, because if you're always right, that means you're living with someone who's always wrong. And then you've got to live with someone whose who's demeanor, whose personality has always been squashed. So like, you don't want to be right all the time. You want to. I love that, yeah. Yeah, because imagine you're walking, because you can walk around, oh, I've won. They're walking around with their head in the sand. And that, you don't want to be with someone like that. And it's like you want to lift people up, and it's because we get so close to each other. It's like and and modern life, and so I think it's it's a huge everything you did. Like, um, I think it's important. It's great you've got someone that you actually went through that with, really, because it's one of my things I'm struggling with now. Is that like I want to want to meet in some meet someone. I know you can grow with people as well, but it's like if they're just superficial and not interested, it's like I can't have conversation, can't talk about certain things. You got to meet someone, under, and I know it happened at the right time, but it's like. You, you just got to, you know, you, you want to meet someone who actually understands where you're coming from. Like when you, I used to be like uh, your boyfriend. What, what's his name? Patrick. Patrick. So like Patrick, you know, been always brought up like I was into sport and training and stuff, but always come from a family where drugs are bad, this, that, the other. Um, and look, when it comes to most medication, I'm not for that either. Unless it's really necessary. And but and certain drugs like you know like heroin and things like that. You know, uh, I'm not talking about that, but I'm talking about things like even marijuana or like. MDMA, for example, or psychedelics or plant medicines, you know, they all seem to get swept under the same rug, which right. it shouldn't do because they're for different things. And, um, and uh, you know, it's it's because some of these things are, have been, they've been around and these, these tribal, for example, Red Indians and different, different tribes have used these for a reason, you know, they know how powerful they are. Um, and it's just, I think it's really um, important to, when you've done that work on yourself, to meet someone who's done that work on themselves who understands it, or at least be willing to do things like that, because it is a partnership, right? And it, it's one of the things, it's no good if you're into all this and then your partner's not, because it's just like, you know, you're going to be on completely different, different roads, going different directions. And, and you know, let me tell you something, right? Like, I, man. Am I wrong? No, 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 absolutely. That, that's absolutely right. And what's what's funny is that the other part of that is that some of the deepest healing work that we've done has been out of ceremony, you know, mm. and has been has been in the trenches in real life. Like I think a part of the part of my goal with with plant medicine work is 
to, to not need it, <laughs> to not use yeah, it. Yeah, 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 and, yeah, I'm not, yeah. and I'm not there yet. I find it so helpful. I find it very, very valuable in my life at, at this time in my life. But, you know, I think there's, there's this idea that everything that we're looking for is outside of ourselves and that's false. Everything that you're looking for is already within you. And some of, I mean, the, the, the work, the, the ceremony work has given me so many tools and so many in, in insights, but some of the deepest healing that I've done with my partner is, has been in the fucking trenches, has been in real life. And one of the biggest things that that has been just in the last six months is really diving into my feminine, really, really, really diving into my feminine because I didn't realize I'm reading this book right now. Do you know David data? I've heard of him. Yeah. I haven't read his book though. He's, he's fantastic. He did a lot of like masculine and feminine work. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the architect. Oh wait, is that, um, no, I'm thinking of someone else. It's not men from Mars, women from Venus. No, no, no. Uh, but he has a book called dear lover and it's for women and I've been reading that so slowly and soaking it all in. But it's basically about surrender. And I know I think a lot of women... What was it called again, Stevie? Dear Lover. Dear Lover, okay. So yeah. I said for a lot of women. Yeah, so there's there's Dear Lover, which is the, the book for women. Um, men can read it too, but then there's the book, his book for men, which is The Way of the Superior Man. Oh, I read that. Yeah, cool. So that's why I got the name. Yeah, yeah, powerful. Okay. And, um, and I think a lot of women associate surrender with weakness, no, it's not and at all, it's yeah. Not, it's not. And surrender is actually takes so much strength. Oh, Stevie, and, you need to get this message out so much. <laughs> it takes so much strength to surrender. And I have been reading this book, and we were going through a little bit of a tough time in the past several months. And I started reading this book, and I was like, oh, my God. Mm-hmm. I did not realize how many walls are around my heart. And one of the first lines in that book, it says, um, you know, a man cannot push his way into your heart. He has to be invited. And I had not been inviting Patrick into my heart at all. And, you know, I was projecting and I know, I know what you're going to say. Just let me <laughs> hold on. For a second. No, I think um, it's awesome that you've done the work, you know, because, because, you know, I think it's like, go on, I'll, go on, you carry on. Okay. Okay. Um, I want to hear, I want to hear what you have to say, but so I just, I, it's actually very exciting for me because I, I, it gave me so much hope that it's not just, you know, and there's so much ego in this and I, I feel silly for saying it, but it's true. It was like, Patrick is the one who has to do the work, right? We think like the other person is the one who has to do the mm. work, but no, oh my God, I didn't realize how many walls were around my heart. And I, you know, it was the reason it was hopeful and exciting for me is because, oh my God, I have a lot of work that I get to do too, that I get to do, not that I have to do. And the the past several months that I've been working on tenderizing and it seems like it sounds like I'm talking about chicken, but like seriously, like <laughs> softening my heart, softening my heart, opening my heart, you know, you inviting bet. and being vulnerable. Our relationship has gone through the roof, completely different. Awesome. And he shows up as a completely different man, the, like the king that I want him to be. And I get to show up as the queen that I am because I'm not playing like little princess. I'm paying, I, I'm being in my queendom. And, and Alison Armstrong, uh, Alison Armstrong talks about this where she says men are just responding to women. And I, that doesn't mean that it's women's fault at all. This is a two way street, but they're responding to women. So if you are in your masculine, if you're not letting them, if you're not needing them for anything, you know, if you're, if you're being controlling, if you're being manipulative, they are not going to show up the way you want them to. And here's the thing. Allison's thing is like, do we need men? No, 
We don't. That We can take care of ourselves. But what are you willing to need a man for? What are you willing to need a man for? Because if they don't feel needed, they have no purpose and they will go elsewhere, you know, and that, I mean, it's, yeah, so I'm rambling here, but yeah. No, 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 no. I think it's, I mean, it's so much, I've been on this topic for a while and I think it, the world is almost a tipping point where just gone, everyone's gone batshit fucking crazy and there's a health coach who's just like, like men and women are the same. It's like, no, no, we're really not. You know, we live with a woman before a man, like, Look, yeah, we're more similar than we are different, but we're we're very different, masculine and feminine energy. And women have been told we don't need men. And it's like, right, you're not meant to be everything a man is. You're meant to be everything a man isn't, and vice versa. You know, we're like compatible. It's like, it's like fitting into each other's slots, like the symbol of yin and yang, you know. It's like that's what we're there for, masculine and feminine energy. With, with, the, with the sun comes the moon. With fire comes water, you know. It's like these two different energies, and they, they work best together. And there's this sort of thing going around about the – toxic patriarchy and how men have suppressed women it's like it's like all we've worked best together you know like when there was a war was we suppressing you then when we went off and got killed in the millions it's like it's like it's like it's, like, it's a thing to fit together and i think it's a great book out there you said david dean is but once again men as well they need to learn how to be men there's lots of men that are all beta males now that are just if you see any tv program as well stevie right every man of the house now is is portrayed as a bumbling buffoon yeah and it's yeah, going around yeah. it used to be like the man strong house he'd go and he'd go and he'd be the one who put himself out there go and do what he needs to do for his family come back and his wife would like but that's because it's a feminine energy like we've all got masculine feminine energy within us but you know as a woman you know it's like if we go into it like penis vagina one's one's out one's in you know it's the way that the body works it's like how women are meant to be they're meant to take in the sexual energy of the man and vice versa but Great book out there called How to Be a 3% Man by Corey Wayne. I don't know if you've heard of him either. Uh, he's a, he's a, it's a great one. And, um, yeah, David Diener's Way of Superior Man is great. And uh, Elliot Hulse is quite big into it. You know Elliot Hulse at all? No. He's another oh, I don't know how you've been around the personal development world. haven't heard of these people, Steve. Me to sharpen <laughs> you up. Elliot Hulse is like, he's used to, one of the biggest channels of all time on YouTube, especially for men, a lot of men. And now he's gone into this thing of like, because, Feminism now, I mean, only 6% of women even identify as feminists because they, they know it's become like hating men for a lot of it. But like, um, but like I had put a post up the other day, because I deal with lots of women as well, Stevie, who, this is on health, I'm going to get back into your thing, but this is on a health perspective, you know, I deal with a lot of women who come to me and they've got ovarian cysts or PCOS or they've got endometriosis or they've got heavy bleeds and, or they've got other health issues. And one of the things I say to them is like, you know, you've got to slow down. Um, you're, you're trying to, you're living like a man in a woman's body, um, and you know we we've got a much more robust hormonal profile than you guys. We we're not pickup trucks. You can thrash us to bits and eventually we break down, but it takes a while. Well, you guys are more like Ferraris. You know, once a month you have an issue, um, but you know your body's set up for two people, not just one, and you, and you need to take care of yourself. And these women are trying to be like the beautiful, beautiful wife, the mother, the one who goes and gets all the, the earns the money, and it's just like. Although we're in 2019, our genetics haven't changed that much, you know, just because we've got Wi-Fi. And I always say to them, like, one of the best things about it is just, like, slow down, just do less. Um, and, I, and I actually put one of his posts, one of the women put a post up, and I did another post on it the other day, and then another woman shared this post and put it up, and then it's, it's a weird one. It came up, I got this message through from one of the people who followed me, and she was saying, oh, we're talking about, the, one, of, one of the, she's in a psycho, psychology group, and um, she said, um, i one of the guys, he said, this this conversation come up in the weekend in their positive psychology group, and um, so the conversation turned to gender, and one woman said uh, how how um, 
a man in her team told her to stop trying to be like him and just like be who she is. And she said it was really amazing. It freed her up to be authentic self. And and then it, and then some of the women were like, "That's a disgrace. How can you say that?" And it's like I think it's it's a hard say. At the moment, it's a hard topic to to breach, but I think it's one where we just need to find find like there's a, there's a truth in it you know like I, I do understand it and if you're a single mum and sitting there going oh we don't need men that I get it but not all men are bastards <laughs> and trust me like most of the men I know love women like love you guys to pieces and they'll do anything for you but as you said it's very easy to um to become like cheap butting heads and not let someone in and if you said you don't need a man you know, we're, we, <laughs> it's like they say men fall in love with their eyes, women fall in love with their ears, you know. And uh, when we do certain things, you know, men are very logical. You tell us, if you, it's like when you say, oh, we say, what's up? And you say nothing. We've learned over years that nothing isn't true. But, you know, men are very logical. They're just like, okay. And so we are different. But I think it's it's huge for you for you to get that message out, to to take the walls down and to sort of let, you said, let, let us in because we will do it. It's just with invite you in. Invite, yeah, invite you in. Not let us in. Yeah, invite us in. Yeah, because I think it's a huge thing, you know. Because as a, as a, we do want to be wanted or needed. <laughs> I know it's a, that's maybe vulnerable. You know, when you got your woman there, you 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 want her to need you for something. You want to feel useful, uh, and obviously because you always be there as a potential or provider as, as these sort of roles have changed. But I think it's I think it's quite nice for a, like. I mean, how has it changed since you've done that? Like for you, how has how's that experience been different for you? In my, in my relationship? Mm. <clears throat> well, I have found that, you know, talking about, you know, being in my, in my queendom, when I'm really in my feminine and I'm really soft, I, what's funny is that when I'm the softest, I feel the most powerful. You know, and... And that's not to say that like, you know, when it's, when it's work time and I need, you know, if I have a deadline or I have something that I can, I can go into go mode. I can, I can be that I can be driven. I can be direct. I can do all of that, but then I can, I can go back. So, Cause we both have masculine and feminine, as you said, it's not yeah. that we, that I only have to be soft and tender like a butterfly. No, I have both parts of me, but when I'm in my tenderness and when I'm in my flow and when I'm in like allowing when that's a, that's a huge one about the feminine is allowing and surrendering. That's when I feel most powerful. That's when I feel most powerful. And when I allow Patrick to, and when I don't control him, and when I don't, um, when I and when I feel safe and on my own, and I don't look for him um, to to meet my needs. Like, here's the thing: the the difference is we do have to still meet our own needs because then it becomes, if we don't meet our own needs then become, then it becomes like this codependent mess. Mm-hmm. And as much as I do look for Patrick for like my, my, you know, my actual safety and protection and things like that, I still need to meet my need for safety in myself of like, you know, knowing that I'm worthy, knowing that I can take care of myself, knowing that I'm a, like, I'm strong and I am independent, but then what am I, what am I willing to allow him to come in for, you know? And so when I, when I'm in that place, that that frees him up to show up it's like so strong so powerful in his masculinity in his manhood and you know when 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 i'm when i'm in my masculine you know in that energy and i'm controlling and manipulating and i'm like needing him like that kind of energy he he play he goes into he plays small you know he plays small whereas when i'm 
soft and, and tender and feminine, he is really big. And like you said, like, um, going back and this is a different topic, but like you said before, like you want someone who, you don't want someone whose head's in the sand. You know, I want someone who knows, like who, who wants to lead me when I, when I want to be led. Like I want, I want that, that power, that energy, but it's, it's a dance. It's a dance. Um, and I've, I've just seen so much, I mean, not just my relationship, Ryan, like in my own personal life, mm-hmm. how I had a, I had a, a coach who talks about the worthiness container, um, how he, he, he visualized it as like a little box, like in the center of your chest. And if your worthiness container is this small little thing, then how do you expect anything that you want to come in? Like nothing, it can't fit. Nothing. It's too small to, for anything to fit. All the other clients and the business and the dreams and the money that you want that you you want to come in. There's no effort to go. So part of like me being in my feminine is receiving, and is allowing, you know, and so widening my my container for worthiness so that all the things that I do want can come in, you know, and that I'm open to receiving. I think I think women are so scared to receive and we and we don't let ourselves receive a lot. Um, but that has been something that being in my feminine has really, really opened up for me. Money has been completely different coming at like, you know, not coming from like uh, all different sources and, and coming in and not, and I'm not like not feeling lack and I'm not in scarcity at all. Um, because I'm, I'm open to receiving. And when, when you're in your feminine and you're in that flow, that becomes possible. No, I think that's awesome. And I think it's a thing for people to like, people to like just know that it's, it's fine and just like to, to do it to, i mean it's 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 great that you've you've even i mean it's really powerful for i think you should like send this to your clients because let them hear that as well because it's really powerful for their coach to say that because you know it's changed your life in all ways i know it's very it's like when for a man like when you you said as a man as well being actually being a man and like taking responsibility for things and actually going out there and using your masculine energy in the right ways and coming across and you know let's be honest in the coaching industry um probably i don't know actually i'd say it's probably more female dominated um yeah because you know say men like things and women like people um and so m- most of us in it are probably more in touch with our feminine side if we go into it than a lot of uh, other men because you know one of the best things you say being vulnerable steve you know being vulnerable is hard but funny enough being vulnerable is how people connect to you the most um yeah. and i i've got a, i've got a video one of my videos i have out um it's just me telling my story at my best friend's graveyard um, when he, because he was he was pushed me into like he died when I was seventeen. It pushed me into like a health crisis and uh, it's got like millions of views, million like four, four million views something like that. And it's just me like telling my story. And when you're when you go into it, because you don't look stupid or foolish or you know don't want everyone to laugh at you, you, you don't say things that might make you emotional vulnerable. But it's um, I can't remember who it is. One of the copywriters out there says that like, make your skeletons dance. Um, only things that can hurt you are the things that are in your closet, you know. But if you go out there and vulnerable, because in the, the day, everyone I say this quite often, like not everyone can, um, not everyone can <sighs> knows what success feels like, right? But everyone knows what struggles like, um, yeah. and so it's really, 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 really interesting. When when did you start to like? Was was it plant ceremonies as well? Was it before when you started to like show your vulnerability? Oh. Like what? Six months ago? Oh, really? Really? <laughs> I mean, not. Uh, I think, not. I mean, not fully, but I think it really, really clicked for me um, when, 
because I had I had one of the ceremonies recently mm-hmm. where um, that you know that stuff came up about performing, you know, and how I'm I don't let myself be seen in the most vulnerable of ways. And when I when I realized that, and when that message kind of came to me, it was like, what am I so scared of? What am I so scared of people seeing that I that I don't have it all together? So what? You know, like that's boring anyways. Perfection is so boring. Oh, yeah. And, and, you know, and, uh, and so that's, I mean, that's honestly, that's a very, a very new development for me, but it's been so, so it's opened up so much for me because I truly believe Ryan that our vulnerability is our superpower. And I think by, by, protecting yourself, you know, by, by protecting yourself from the chance of getting hurt and blocking yourself from the chance of getting hurt. You're also blocking out joy and bliss and connection and freedom and abundance. Like you can't, it doesn't, it's, you can't have both, you know? So by, by not being vulnerable and by, you know, avoiding yourself and not letting your, your heart open and be seen and, and ask for help and say what's really going on. You're also pushing away like the good stuff too. You can't, you couldn't possibly feel like love's deepest bliss if yeah. you're also like there's, if there's an ironclad cage around your heart. It's, it's everything that's been the best things in my life has come on the other side of being vulnerable or going through a challenge that I was really nervous about, you know, it yeah. could be like playing sport. It could be like even like to the point of like talking, going up and talking to a girl. You're like, ah, oh, you always forget the shots you don't take, right? Or it can be like going to a certain class, or about even reaching out to a coach, you know, or feeling silly, or whatever it is, you know, all those things. And I think it's huge that you said that. I mean, being a performer on stage, like I saw your post the other day. You said, <laughs> I can't tell you whose wedding I'm singing at, but it rhymes with Chris Platt. Uh, I thought that was quite funny. <laughs> <laughs> that's I mean, that's a hell of a gig, right? Yeah, that was so fun. So I'm in a, you know, as my side gig that I, that I do, um, I'm in a band and we do like, uh, oh, you're in a band? yeah, yeah. It's, 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 we do celebrity weddings and, um, oh, it's that's a, nice, a cool job. Yeah. It's super fun. I've been, I've been in the band since I was 19. So it's been such a, like a great, <clears throat> and this, I mean, we don't have to get into this, but this is like, I'll tell you a little taste of a whole nother thing, which is, um, you know, kind of not pursuing artistry, right? Like that's what the the reason I came to LA is to pursue artistry. Mm -hmm. And I worked in, um, a really world renowned recording studio when I first got here doing client service and literally it was like Beyonce would walk in, then Alicia Keys would walk in and then John Mayer would walk in and then Joan Jett would walk in. It was just crazy. And I kind of got this insider look on how these people live their lives. And it, you know, it was this moment where I was like, holy shit, I don't want this, you know? Oh, really? Um, Yeah. Yeah. And it was, it was such a gift. Um, what was, what was it that you didn't, was it just too much to up and down too much to like living out of a suitcase? Like their time is not their own. They have a, a, like people around them at all times who like, it just, it just felt like, and maybe this is my own projection. Bleaches. Yeah, exactly. But, and and maybe I'm sure it's not always like that, but that was the vibe that I got Mm -hmm. and it really turned me off. Um, and I think, you know, I think music and performance, um, is such a huge passion of mine, but I think really my purpose in this life is, is more than coaching is, is, you know, healing, you know, it's just being a healer. So, um, I know that it was the right decision for me, but well, your music you know, can heal at the same time, right? That, that is true. That is totally true. And I, you know, I, at some point I would love to kind of incorporate, 
um, music into my healing in some way. I haven't fully gotten there yet, but um, I think that is on my horizon. But I, I know it was the right decision for me. Um, but all that to say, like, I still have that outlet to perform, you know, on the weekends and, and be in that energy and share my gift and make people happy with music. So that's been a real, a real blessing, um, that I get to <laughs> this double life that I live, that I get to heal and coach during the week and then heal <laughs> with music in another, uh, another way. Uh, uh, it's awesome. Yeah, that is an awesome job. Happen. Awesome side job. Thank you. Yeah, we did like Jimmy Fallon's wedding and LeBron James's wedding. It's been some, some fun gigs. Oh God, like, you must have a really, you must be really good. I tell you, <laughs> if, if you've got any like, if you must have, like, just send over some stuff on YouTube. You can listen to. If you got must have stuff on YouTube. We have um, our the web the band's website is westcoastmusic.com, and I'm in the band James Gang, so you can you can find us on there. West Coast Music. Mm-hmm. So yeah. So how, who was your first? Who was your first gig? Like who? How did you get into? How did you get into celebrity weddings? I mean, that's, I mean, that's a great market to be in, but like, how did you, so, um, our, you know, it's, it's such a chill, it's such a chill job for me because our agency, the man who owns it, um, uh, he has been around in the, in the business for like 20 years. And so he does all the bookings, he does all the work and he, and I think it's just like an LA thing. Like you just know people and that's how he's built up his business. Um, but oh, when so I came, there's different gang, it's a different group. I'm just sorry. I'm just on it. You'd be up business that way. So what, what one are you? I'm in James Gang, and so there might not be a video up there right now because we just shot one. Right, I've got, um, I've got, a, I've got, I've got the thing on it. Right, got you. Yeah, looking yeah, cool. It's about we just shot a video three weeks ago, so it's still being edited. Um, so to be to be continued on that, but um, but yeah, it's just been it's been a really really fantastic. And you know, it's cool because I was in college when I got in the band, and I would go to <laughs> you know go to my communications class, you know Friday, uh, you know Friday during the day and then have a gig Saturday night and then come back to school, do it, you know, Monday morning where I'm like living, <laughs> living this double life. It was pretty fun. Right. So, so, so it's not, yeah, I get to see what it is. So it's like, it's not like your band and you get booked. It's like you were part of this agency and he got different bands for different, for different sort of like things in different, I suppose, genres. And then he sends you guys out to different weddings. Yes. Yes. Right, right, right. Got Yeah. Yeah. It's cool, man. That's awesome. That's awesome. Right. Yeah, I mean, it's a great job, right? You know that you're going to go and, once again, as you said, it's like doing it, I mean, obviously it's a stress you've got to perform, but you're doing it in a setting where, you know, I mean, to be fair, all eyes are are on you, but they're mainly on the bride, right? So it also takes a bit of pressure off, and it's just probably, weddings are fun. It's not like, So much fun. You get to be part of someone's big day. And you know what's funny is, like, I've been able to, in a way incorporate some of my healing work into that because you know my biggest my biggest wound is like that I need to perform for love and here I am performing professionally right <laughs> mm. so it's this it's this um it's this work that I get to do where I get to kind of compartmentalize where I'm performing and sharing a gift and sharing uh, you know this gift that I was given and this and my craft but not needing like not not needing the validation from it and just being able to give and not needing anything in return has been such a beautiful kind of reframe that I've done in the last um, year or so. So that's um, your inner, inner child work. Yeah. Yeah. Man, I'm telling you, inner child work is the so is the shit. I've done <laughs> uh, yeah, I've done some. I think I need to do some more. I mean, this is a uh, this is like so this was this wasn't plant medicine stuff. This was just actually going into certain things you with like certain yeah. certain protocols. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, was and was that with the hungry That's for happiness exactly, stuff? Exactly, exactly. Right, and uh, how and how and how 
long was it before you sort of like, oh, I mean, did you notice instant results? Or like, how long was it before stuff come up? I mean, how, what's the sort of, I mean, you don't mind, but what's the sort of process you go through? I mean, like, is it, is it more like sitting down with someone and then talking to them through things? Or is it you just remembering something? I mean, like, is it more of a, more of like a, um, a one-on-one coaching sort of situation? Yeah, I do one-on-one coaching. And you know what's really special about one-on-one coaching, Ryan, is that you kind of meet people where they're at. Mm -hmm. And so I have clients who haven't done a lick of personal development work in their life. And Mm -hmm. inner child is like, what is that? You know, like I have no idea. And it's so profound to them, kind of like mind-blowing when they they get to it. And then I have clients who are – they've done, you know, several years of personal development and they just need a little bit of that, uh, guidance and that, that handholding and, and the facilitation. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I just really, I really meet you where you're at. Mm-hmm. So, um, again, a lot of the people come to me for anxiety. A lot of the people come to me with like body image stuff and, and kind of self-loathing stuff and feeling like they're stuck and that, that they just always play small. And I just meet them with their, where they're at. And I have all these tools in my toolbox, inner child, just being one of them. Um, just being one really powerful tool, but I have these tools in my toolbox and I kind of meet you where you're at based on, um, what I think you need at, at that moment. And so how, how I say how long, but like before you started to say, I mean, when you do the work as well, um, Stevie, I mean, it's quite hard, but when you do the work, is it then hard to implement it in everyday life and not get triggered by certain things? Is that part of the challenge? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, it's part of the work, you know, that's why they that call is the work. Because, yeah, because being, and my, I had just had a session about this with a client yesterday where she said, I still am getting triggered by dot, 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 by this thing. I can't, but like, you know, why am I still getting triggered by this thing? And I'm like, because baby, you haven't, it's not done yet. You still have to, to go through the process. And the one thing that I always tell people is like, you can't rush your healing. You're in the perfect part of your journey. And the worst thing that you can do is, you know, we already have our shit. Don't shame your shit. <laughs> don't, mm-hmm. don't judge yourself for where you're at. Just be really kind and compassionate. And when you have that trigger, it's the perfect time to learn more. So whenever you're triggered, it's like, oh, ding, ding, ding. Something's not yet healed. What's not yet healed? Let's get curious. Let's be a little bit of like have a little investigation and then meet that, that, um, you know, when you figure out what the thing is, like, oh God, this is the thing I haven't yet healed. Okay. Meet it with compassion, meet it with love, meet it with so much grace and kindness. But what doesn't, you know, what doesn't help is like you needing to know the timeline because no, you know, you don't know the timeline. No, nobody knows the timeline except your body. Your body knows the timeline and you cannot rush it. So, um, you know, I think one of the things that happens is that people get impatient. You know, like, why am I still struggling with this? I'm like, because it's not over yet. Your body hasn't fully processed it, but it's coming. I promise it's coming. Mm. Um, yeah. Yeah. Does that answer your question? Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. I, I just, I just think it's like, it's one of those things, you know, they say like bathing and you need to do it daily. You know, it's one of those, you'll keep working on stuff because you've been dealing with something or something's been triggering you for so long. It's not just going to go away overnight, is it? You know, it's, it's something that you need to identify and then move forward with. And it's just, it's the same as with, with, with health and with like food and nutrition. You always say like, though we've got a standard program, there's no standard process because there's no standard human being. You know, the body's not a machine. It is human and there's so much going on. Like, and if something's been triggering you for 20, 30 years, mm-hmm. it's not going to stop, not going to stop triggering, getting triggered over it, uh, not going to stop getting triggered by it overnight, which I think is really, really, um, uh, like oh, people need to understand that but it's um and this is um, another thing in today's society right Steve if every, everyone wanting it now quick fix so much information they think they can have it all now and it's like one of the 
one of the things that when I was growing up that made things worthwhile was having to wait for something, you know? It yeah. was like, if if you just get everything you want, I mean, some of the most broken people that I know are children that, that my, my friends who had everything they wanted whenever they wanted it, and they never had to, to work for it or wait for it. And I think, like, that's... The journey is so much part of the... The journey is a destination, in my my opinion. Like, everyone wants to be there, but, you know, someone... I think one of the guys there's, from Mind Pump was talking about the other no day. There. Yeah. An, and there's no there. No, there is no there. No, there is no there. I think they were talking about this, this body image the other day, and they said, would you... If, if you could click your fingers and let your client be, like, 6% body fat and, he, and, and how you want you to look... Um, just like that, without going through all the work, etc. Would you do it? And uh, it was on a podcast, and the guy was like, "No," because they haven't actually understood what it took to get there, or like, and it's just, it's just all, it's just given without. What's it like? The, the um, what's that sentence? Uh, you know, the price of everything, but the value of nothing. You know, and it's mm-hmm. like, I think it's so so important for people to understand that. You know, and and to go through it because, like the. The struggle it is, I mean, as a coach, or you know, having your own business and stuff, you know, you go through stuff, and the struggle is how it sh- sharpen your sword, and it also gets rid of the wheat from the chaff, right? Because people are easy to think they can go into coaching, they and if they don't, it's not their passion. They just they something to make a quick bit of money. One, it won't work, and two, they'll be gone in like a year or two. You know, when you know it's yeah. your calling, you keep on going, you keep on doing because this is who you are, this is what you do, and, it, and it's not your job, it's just who you are, and I think that's a huge point as well, you know, and. It's something like, as a coach yourself, you know, coaches need coaches, and that's why you've got a coach, and you probably have coaching. Do you still do you have a singing coach? No, I don't. I don't, which is, yeah, I haven't done singing lessons. I, you know, it's funny because singing live every weekend, it kind of is my coach, but I haven't done lessons in a couple of years. I should get back into it. Yeah, uh, yeah. No, it's just like I always say, I mean, if you've got something now, and if you might just want to do a few different things, I know like, there's a lot of like, voice coaches in, in Hollywood. One of my coaches actually is doing a with a speaking coach it might be something to get into as well because you know we, we're doing more and more podcasts and more and more I mean so much content so many videos and being a Londoner I do speak quick and I can drop certain <laughs> letters out and uh, you know compared to and it's also that rhythm of talking it's getting people engaged it's, it's one of those things but and singing is the same right what's his name is it Roger Love that famous is it Roger Love or Dan Love or something like that I think I know you're talking about yeah he, he talks about like singing is basically just speaking but in different and it's just like getting the the different tones right um and uh i know it's just interesting when, when you're saying things like that especially with i mean would you so your, your vulnerability that you're going through as well would that be like a video today when you're out in the street doing that dancing is that would you not have done that <laughs> no no i wouldn't um yeah, I, I do my dancing. It's funny. Yeah, I, was just I said, the love the dancing. Didn't love the sandals and socks, but we go from we go. From... <laughs> How dare! <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, no, that would that would not be one of the things. That, there's, I sometimes I'll I'll dance like I'll have uh, be really in my feminine. Speaking of you know the feminine stuff, I'll be really in my feminine, really in my flow, and. I, I hesitate to post it because I'm like, oh, what if people judge me? What if they think I'm, you know, da da da? But I'm like, fuck it. If someone judges me, it's not about me. I'm uh, showing, I'm being a mirror for them, you know. And uh, Sam Samantha Skelly, the one, the woman who runs Hunger for Happiness, who's my coach, she said um, something so beautiful, which was, 
you are doing a disservice to everyone by not being in your power. Because when you, if you're, if you're worried about triggering someone and you're worried about offending someone, you're taking away the opportunity for them to dig into that. For you're, you're taking away the opportunity for them to learn more about that. And also, you're, they, you're, you're stopping people that want to see that, seeing it as well. Yeah. Will they, will they dig in for sure? Maybe not. That's not your job and that's not your problem. But by you, by you playing small, you're not doing anyone a favor. No, it's huge. I think that, is that Tony Robbins or who says about sort of playing small? I think it's, it's a huge one. I, I, when I, when I stopped doing that and stopped caring, it was just so liberating. It's just like, I'm just going to go, I just can't, I don't really care. Like I was going to put my opinions out. And if say people, you know, they say as well, like if you're not polarizing, you're not doing something right. I, I don't know if you've seen the. Uh, I, I love it actually because yeah, I'm I'm split between the two of like I just want I'm a humanist. I want everyone to get on, everyone to be as healthy as possible. But if people, and unfortunately, there's just people out there that just love throwing hate. You know, just just love it. It's just what they it's just what they do. Um, and you can either be triggered by it or you can just sit there and smile. And I've had people. Uh, just, uh, have you, did you see Kanye West on uh, Letterman the other day? I did, I did. I love it. That Andy Hoffman line is just like, send me the hate now. Send me it with a big smile <laughs> on his face. <laughs> and I love that. I'm, I'm, I embrace that so much now. I used to like, six years ago, I used to say something because you find out something, you want to change the world, you, everyone's wrong and this and the other and you go out there and people used to argue and I'd be like, uh, now I'm just like, okay, mate, good. I'm glad. I'm glad it's triggered you. Maybe go <laughs> look into it. Like, I don't, I don't really care. It's like, cool. Or it's like you don't even have. To, it's just like when, when people, like for example, you you're there doing this work with women and you're helping them heal, and then someone who's never done anything before questions you. You're like, cool, mate. Like, how many people women have you helped? Or like, it's just like, it's just it's just like people. Some people just like they're going for a bad day. They just want to have a row with someone, and it's like, why are you giving them any energy? It's just pointless. But yeah, I, think, I had I had a little bit of a. Um, uh, I don't even want to say hate mail, but I guess a hater mail um, from a post I did the other day, which was me um, talking about like my non-existent thigh gap, like kind of like rest in peace thigh gap. Mm. And um, I got so much great feedback on that post. But then this guy, oh my gosh, like I don't even know what would come over someone. Like what would, I can't fathom why he would write this, but he sent me a DM and he said, um, he said, I know I get what you're going for, but you would look even better with just a li- just a little bit slimmer, and then put like a winky face. And I was like, "Holy shit!" Like if I, this would have devastated me, you know, just a few years ago, this would have devastated me. And so it was cool, just in the sense that like it didn't trigger me. I was more just baffled. I was more like confused. Like why would why would you go out of your way to write this? You but, are you are incredibly slim as well. It's like yeah. it's ridiculous. I mean, I think like I, I've seen the I'm looking at the post now. Yeah, but you look well, you look fantastic by the way. But like, it's just like I just think it's that's all about him. Uh, totally, and I think like the best. <laughs> I, I sent him um, a message back, and I said, "Hey, Kyle." <laughs> it's, mm-hmm. it's a Kyle. <laughs> I said, "Hey, Kyle." Um, I'm so sorry that you feel insecure enough to um, you know try to put me down. I just sent you a prayer, and I will never think about you again. And then, <laughs> and then I blocked him and, but it was just, it's just crazy. Like, and I, but you know, again, it, it, I guess it's not that crazy. Cause if you think about it, it's everyone has their shit, right. And people's shit comes out in ugly ways sometimes. Oh no, yeah. Uh, but I, I brought something up in him and he took the chance to, to, um, to retaliate, I guess. And, you know, will my message Give him some time to think. I don't know. Do I care? No. <laughs> but, 
no, no. Well, no, there's two things with that as well. One's like I think Ricky Gervais said, it's like much better to create something and be criticised than create nothing and criticise other, others. Right? It's much easier to do that. Uh, and, and and two, it's like everyone's been told your opinion's valuable. It's like I don't really. It's like I love Stephen Crowder sometimes. It's like I get what you're saying. I just don't care. It's like brilliant. Like uh, why should? It's like you're putting all this good love and vibes and positivity out in the world and someone just wants to like, it's like straight down and you might not agree with me. That's fine. But when you start throwing hate, I had a woman the other day who did that on my post. She was like, thinking about it, I think that's a disgraceful thing to say. I'm offended. Take it down. I was just like, block, no interest. I'm not taking anything down. Like, and, and if you were getting offended, that's up to you. Like, <laughs> there's, there's, there's no, there's no, it's offensive speech. That's not offend, offend, offensive speech. Like, oh, I love that. Stephen Crowder did one the other day. There's no such thing as hate speech. Uh, it's brilliant. Um, because like, if you, I think Jordan Peterson's lines, like, in order to, to risk being offensive, you've got to think, you know, it's like, it's just, someone's always going to be offended. Someone's always going to be offended. And I, it doesn't matter what you're, what you're putting out there. It's just people, you know, you can either sit there and argue with them or you can just, and, and and then you're giving them their five minutes of fame, whatever you call it, or you can just block, delete, and go about your day. Because why give that any any energy? It's just no point. Yeah, and I think also um, what it, what what it's bringing up in us, like the fear of putting out something, or the fear of being criticized, or the, or you know, not even offending. I mean that too, but just the fear of being judged mm. is well. Then if I'm judged, then I have to bump up against like me second guessing myself. You know, then I have to, I have to think, Ooh, like did some, was this bad? Oh my gosh. Am I, am I, was this wrong? Am I bad? Am I not good? You know, then you have to bump up that kind of thing instead of just standing in your knowing, standing in your power. So I think that's the fear behind it. That's, that's what the real fear of judgment is, um, is, is losing love, you know, is, is losing love. So, um, if you can, if you can integrate the fact that you never lose love because you are love and you have an unlimited supply of love at, available to you at any moment, then, you know, your aunt Susan's comment about whatever doesn't mean as much, you know? No, no, it doesn't. It's, it's amazing how much, I think you said a bit about earlier on, you were saying how much value you, you gave other people's opinions and not your own. Um, and I think that's, it's like, it's like even when you're like arguing, say it's a friend or arguing or something comes up and it's like, you know, you've gone so much deeper on a certain topic than they have. Yeah. And yet your ego wants to convince them. And it's like, they're just not ready for the story. I used to just be like, it's not ready for the story. You're just not ready for it yet. Like, and, and it's, everyone gets there on their own time if they get there, you know, and it's just like, sometimes it's just no point. I mean, there's a great meme actually out there. It's like, woman shouts out darling come to bed and he's like i'll be there in a minute honey someone's wrong on the internet and it's like, <laughs> it's like you, don't, you don't even know them they're nothing to you you don't even come across them like you know it doesn't matter that's why i love like following people like yourself and other coaches because you're all sending the same message it's always good to see other people doing it because it gives you like that yeah or sometimes like you might put something out and it might inspire me to do something and maybe vice versa or another coach and it's really good it's like it's just putting positivity out in the world. You know, in the end of the day, you're putting a lot more positive uh, positivity out there to people than that one negative comment. Um, you know, I think it's uh, I think it's huge because, <laughs> you know, if, I always think about this every day. The amount of positive comments I get compared to the amount of negative comments, it's got to yeah. be like 200 to 1 probably. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so, like, why does that one comment fuck us off so much? <laughs> 
I know. I know. I totally get it. It's, it's, you just, we have to release that fear of, um, that, that fear of that we're going to lose something, you know, that there's something to lose because there's really nothing to lose. And you're really just gaining so much by putting yourself out there and being vulnerable, you know, yeah. like we talked about. It's, uh, oh, I've got this, a body hungry for happiness, Samantha, Samantha uh, Skelly, Skelly. Yeah. I'm going to have a look at, well, so just quickly, uh, Stevie, um, we work only with women. Yeah. What are, I mean, I suppose it might be similar if you work with men as well, but what are the biggest issues that you see when they come to you with? Like what they come to you with? Self-love, um, anxiety, mm. body image, like really like body loathing. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot, a lot of the women I work with come to me with uh, binge eating or emotional eating issues, mm-hmm. and a lot, a lot of unworthiness. You know, um, I think also because I think as coaches we attract, we teach what we need. So because I myself have an unworthiness wound, I attract a lot of women who also have an unworthiness wound, you know, and so um, a lot of unworthiness, a lot of like not feeling good enough, a lot of like playing small, a lot of victim mentality. Um, I think my, my, the woman I, I coach and the woman I help is me two years ago, me three years ago, me five minutes ago, right? Um, And so those are some of the main things that I, I find, um, are really, are really present in the women, women I work with. And I do, I have worked with a couple of men. I think men are less attracted to my work and less attracted to working with me because they, they don't, like you said in the beginning, they don't ask for help, mm-hmm. but I have worked with a couple of men. And it's oh, so you do, you do work with men, not, not women only. Just, just, just not very often, I think, because oh, I don't okay. get a lot of interest. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. I just, I don't know why I thought that you maybe you only uh, women, but no, I, I thought that was just, I don't know, maybe I saw it somewhere, or maybe it's just because well, maybe, maybe because I just promote that, you know. I only, maybe yeah. I think maybe yeah. also your website is quite soft. It's quite feminine. Yeah. Absolutely. For one, I mean, you know, you know, without without giving your uh, assuming your website's gender. Um, <laughs> without digging myself into into deep water. What well, um? So what's the what's the next step, Stevie? Ah, oh, what's the next step? I am really Ryan, just basking in this one-on-one work right now. It has been it, yeah. so fulfilling to me. It has been so healing for myself. Like I like I just said it a second ago. My every time I teach and every time I coach, I am giving myself my own medicine, and. Uh, I do have three spots open in my one-on-one coaching program. If any of, if any of your listeners are interested, they can go to um, my website and book a free consultation call. StevieWright.co, so yeah? Yes, StevieWright.co. And um, I do weekly group coaching calls. Those are only 20 bucks. So mm-hmm. if you want to just get a little taste of what I do, it's a 90-minute group coaching call. It's free for everyone. I mean, it's a free-for-all. Um, anyone can show up. It's 20 bucks. And we talk about self-love, body image, healing old wounds, breaking out of negative patterns. They're super, super juicy. Um, I am coming out with a healing anxiety masterclass, which is going to be um, sold on my website for ever. It's going to be evergreen. So mm-hmm. to keep, keep an eye out for that. And I will be hosting my first retreat retreat early 2020. So that's awesome. So just qu- just quickly, Stevie, if you had to say a book or who, who, who have you been your influences in? Cause I've given you a few people who have you been your influences. This is for wanting to look into it. Christine Hassler. Do you follow her work? No, I don't. Christine Hassler. 
Oh my, Ryan, I don't know how. <laughs> Here we go. Hessler. H A S L E R. Christine, yeah, H A S S L E R, yeah. She's absolutely incredible. Such a magic, magic light worker woman. Samantha Skelly, my own coach, she's incredible. Shannon Graham, he's the guy who I talked about briefly a little bit with the worthiness container. He's incredible. Who else am I What was his name? What was his name? Shannon Graham. Oh, Shannon, okay. It's all Americans, isn't they? Shannon Graham. Yeah. Mel Wells. You know, it's so funny. I always. I like think about their their Instagram handle, but I think it's actually Emily Wells. Emily Wells. Let me Wells. see. Um, I Melissa. I was no, that's right. Melissa Wells. I love her work. Um, who else? Who else? And, you know, if, if we can go back as late as like Ram Dass, like I yeah. love his book um, "Be Here Now." He's huge. Um, who else do I love? Uh, David Data. I mean, we talked about him. He's yeah. he's incredible. I think every man should read that book. Made a superior man. It's just yes. a brilliant book. Yes. Um, who else do I love? Who, oh, Alison Armstrong. I love her. Alison Armstrong. Uh, yeah, she she her she has a uh, the Queen's Code. Um, yeah, those those are some of my my top people. Okay, awesome. That's awesome. So if I said to you one book to, uh, to so I've never done this before. You're the first person I've done this to, so because it's interesting because you come from different. So what what would be the one book if you had to say oh to someone? Oh my god, I don't know how how you do this to me. Um, so Alison Armstrong was Queen's what? Queen's Code. Queen's Code, yeah. Queen's Code. Wow, I would say. Can I give you a top three? Yeah, go for it. Let's go for okay. three. I would say Be Here Now, Ram Dass. That was pretty uh, life changing for me. Mm-hmm. I would say The Untethered Soul. Mm-hmm. And I would say uh, I would say Dear Lover. David Data. It's been that book has really, really opened my eyes to a lot of stuff. Dear lover. Awesome. Yeah. Perfect. On that note, I think that's awesome, Stevie. Thank you very much for coming on. It's been an absolute. Uh, well, it's been a great interview. I think we've gone gone some good good things, good good content for people there. And uh, if, if anyone yeah. wants to find you, stevierite.co. And what's your Insta again? It's um. Yeah, my Insta is Stevie L Wright underscore, and that's W R I G H T. Perfect. Just hang on there, Stevie, but thank you very much for coming on. It's been an absolute uh, pleasure talking to you. Thank you so much. See you soon. So, guys and girls, that was Stevie Wright, steviewright.co, uh, self love coach. And that was an awesome conversation. You know, I <laughs> felt myself getting very emotional at times there when we were talking about her journey with her. With her father and going deep into her, into her relationship issues, you know, it's um awesome conversation to to have and to and to get deep into, you know, because being vulnerable is something that people are really worried about, you know, people seeing their soft side, but it's what makes you human and it's how people can connect with you, and so really try to if you can let yourself feel those feelings and, and try to not. Um, hide those those emotions from people because you know people actually really respond to them and it's phenomenal and I I hundred percent know you're going to get a lot from this conversation just how how deep you want and that's one of the things I'm going to be working on a lot on as well is trying to get to those really like magic moments and uh, I think we had at least a few there with Stevie it was phenomenal and I can't wait to get her back on the show in the future she's doing some great stuff. Um, so yeah, it's it's uh, always one of my favourite conversations I've had recently. You know, love the information ones, but 
recently with, with Nico Becker and now with Steve who has some phenomenal conversations and just um it just shows you know how much these people care and how much work you know you've got to do on yourself before you can start working on others and it's something that um always try and get people on you know that they're doing the work on themselves because otherwise you're just a talking head as we talked about in the show you know you're just a talking head you can only take people as far as you've been yourself which is really really important anyway guys and girls any questions you've got around that or anything anything you want to ask stevie send the questions to me or head over to stevie's website uh, stevierite.co um otherwise guys and girls that's it for this week you know um if you have got a health issue that you're trying to resolve and you haven't had any luck then you can always email me at ryan at reviveyourself.co and we can book a call to see if and how we can help you or you can head on over to www.reviveyourself.co click on the contact tab and fill out the form there and uh, we'll be in touch as soon as possible otherwise guys and girls as always stay happy stay healthy and i'll speak to you soon bye-bye if you're struggling with gut issues such as gas bloating constipation diarrhea indigestion heartburn and want to finally be able to eat the foods you love without the crippling after effects then don't forget to head over to reviveyourself.co and pick up your free copy of the healing health paradigm today